Yeah. So, okay. End of the year episode. Let's hit these comics. Let's just, let's punch them out. This is yeah. what we've been reading. Yeah. Um, let's do uh, what you do one. I'll do one. You do one. I'll do one. All right. Cool. Saga five. Saga Volume 5, that is. I finally got it. If you've been following, you know I've been behind for like six months. So I finally read it. Uh, loved it. The art continues to be awesome. The story continues to be weird as hell. Um, I was really happy that they wrapped up, kind of tied up some loose ends that have been hanging out there because um, I, I'm sure we've talked about this before. When you're reading those things in you know, in trade paperbacks, it's, it, you know, you're, you expect an arc within that trade paperback. And sometimes when the, the couple of threads are left hanging for more than, you know, the next series, you're kind of like, oh man, are they ever going to come back to that? So I was really happy that that got, that got wrapped up. So, um, yeah, super for the excited. kids at home listening who have never heard us before or have never heard of Saga, can you sum it up in just a couple sentences? Like what the, just what the, it's, what they could expect if they pick it up? Oh my God, what you can expect. I mean, there is a dragon penis in this one. It's so crazy. <laughs> all you need to say, uh, dragon yeah. penis. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, is, it a sci- is it a science fantasy? Is that an well, accurate term? Yeah, that's one of the things we've discussed. I, I would generally say, I would probably just plop it in sci-fi, but I think, but ever since we had that conversation about fantasy and sci-fi, I think that's definitely where you got to put it. It's, you know, there's, there's some weird sorcery. There's um, an alien conflict. Uh, one of the things that like these spaceships don't necessarily look like spaceships. There's a whole race of robots in it. You know, like they are a little literal race that gives birth to more robots and stuff like that. And um, one of the things that's so uh, interesting to me is there's this, uh, this shadow of war that's always over, you know, in the background and stuff. And that, mm-hmm. you know, is the motivation for so many of the characters and, um, especially these great themes of like, you know, uh, the one character who's sworn off being violent versus the one who is just a committed pacifist and the, you know, the wife who's kind of in between like her husband and, you know, and her family. And it's just, it's a really cool, I, 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 nothing, I, I could never do justice to what it is quote about because such everything in it is so weird. You know, it's sort of like you, you get the back of the book description of, Oh, there's a planet of people who have horns and there's a planet of people who have wings and they've been engaged in this war. Um, And actually volume five does this great way of uh, the narrator to it is a, is a baby who's born in volume one. Um, So you're basically following the, this child who's telling the story of, um, its parents and volume five actually does a really great job of summarizing all those conflicts right at the beginning. So it's like a cool callback to, you know, it's especially for me because it had been so long between the time I read volume four and this that, you know, I was able to go, Oh yeah, right. Okay. All these things were happening and that's the backdrop to this. And, um, but it's just, I mean, it's just crazy, you know, sorcery and dragons and weird creatures and, uh, space travel and, and, you know, war and, uh, you know, like, it's like real lowbrow stuff and real, you know, intellectually challenging ideas. And it's, I mean, it's just awesome. So nice. cool. yeah. And definitely adult oriented. I mean, it is yeah. like, you know, I got that sense as well. Graphic and violence and sexuality and, and drug use. And it's, uh, you know, it's, yeah, and a dragon penis. So it's it's cool. Yeah. What about you? What's what's I'll uh, what's I'll start you? with um another trade paperback that I recently got really into. It's Postal and Volume Two 
trade paperback just came out. Um, I discovered this kind of on my my trip to Nashville, and strangely enough, and of course, image release. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a little, it's a, it, it's so good. And, and strangely enough, I this is one of those those things where I would actually encourage you to not get the trade paperback. Instead, pick up the single issues, preferably digitally. It huh. works really well. It's such a TV show like it's probably the most TV show like um, graphic, you know, just just series I picked up yet um you know like i could easily see that there's the fact that this isn't on amc yet is it's startling and i'm sure it's only a matter of time before it or showtime or hbo pick it up hmm. but it's about a small town in, in wyoming called eden um where criminals uh basically are relocated or basically start their life anew so everybody it's, it's almost like witness protection for criminals in this little town where they can kind of live their life um, you know, kind of escape their past and, and, and live there. And it's protected by this mayor. Um, and she has a son who is, um, has Asperger's essentially. And he's the postman in this town. So he's like the only person there who has like a clean slate because he was born in the town. Huh. And it's so compelling. It's so good. So juicy. Again, it re- each panel is exactly like a shot from a show. The pacing is so great. Each episode, I, I, mean, I think of these issues as episodes because each episode ends exactly like a TV episode would end with like a you know cool little cliffhanger or something that just sucks you right back in. Um, so I would highly, and, and the fact that, and the reason I say don't get the trade paperbacks, I mean, do if you like that, but because it's structured in this way, you need that breaking point of closing an issue, opening a new issue, and having that feeling of here's another episode. Mm. Um, whereas a trade paperback, it just kind of flows, it, it just flows more like a novel. And I don't think that's the right format for this. It definitely needs to be consumed, you know, issue, stop, issue, stop, because it just feels like a really you need to kind of process that that issue before you jump into the next one. Um, but like I said, they just released volume two. There's a lot of cool um, sort of a, a, you know, addendum stuff like dossier. There's like a dossier issue they put out, which gives you a lot of background um, information on characters without actually, you, know, you don't have to, they may pop up in the story in, in sort of smaller roles, but you want to know who they are. So if they come in again, you can find out about that. Oh God, the whole thing. Just so good. Just suck me right in. Huh? So well, cool. Postal, Postal volumes one and two available now at a retailer near you. Awesome. Well, I'll jump into something totally mainstream, which is uh, Marvel's Princess Leia. Um, I've, I, it's not even fair to say that I've followed the new Star Wars reboot within the Marvel Universe, but... Um, no, let me pause real quick. Marvel has not traditionally published Star Wars, correct? That's a newer development. I believe they had it back in the day, and then Dark, oh. then Dark Horse had it. Dark Horse is what I was thinking. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, Dark Horse had the long, like the long-running recent series that we're aware of. Um, and then, uh, yeah, definitely like a, you know, you get the feel of like the, in the anticipation for the force awakens marvel relaunched all these titles um i had gotten star wars number one liked the art on it liked the story which um was definitely like the luke han leia days like the heyday sort of thing um and so anyway i bought the princess leia volume one and really enjoyed it the art by terry dodson and rachel dodson is uh really cool um it's you know definitely it's cool to see Princess Leia do like a solo adventure. Um, it it has a a bunch of um, Alderanian is that how I would say it <laughs> of the you know there's a lot of Alderaan background on it like the planet has been destroyed but she is going to rescue the um, survivors who are on different outposts around the universe and um, 
you know, so it, it gives her an opportunity to be this action hero. It still has the weird, confusing politics of the the um, of the prequels kind of imbued in it of like, is she a senator or a princess or a soldier? Like, what the hell is going on? Like, you know, why why do you elect your queen? I mean, it's just it's so weird. So um, is it is it in canon? I mean, is it part of the continuity or is it just sort of a weird sort of offshoot? Where, you know, that's much like really the novels are like, we're not going to really acknowledge this as part of canon anymore. That's a really interesting question because there definitely was a there was some kind of reboot in the last year of like what what was included in canon and what wasn't. Um, and I ask because I Disney, I mean, Disney owns Marvel. Marvel's yeah. publishing this, so you would think Disney owns Lucasfilm. So yeah, you'd think they would want it to stay in canon. I, I think they're doing that thing of like it's not necessarily in canon, but it's safely in the uh-huh. universe. You know, it's not. Um, I, I just get the the feeling with those comic books is they're not going to tell any story that they have to refer to in the movie, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, it gives you, you know, it feels, you know, it feels like a continuation of the original trilogy. So, um, you know, I enjoyed it. It was cool. It, like, it's not, you know, it's, um, you know, it's just a good read. Nice. So, and I, and I like the art. Yeah. Excellent. What's next for you? Well, I can't say enough about this. It's it is my new favorite thing. I just tweeted the creators and they responded, um, telling them so much. It's a little hard to find because you have to go into the store and find images monthly, um, sort of I don't even know what you call it other than magazine called Island, which they're now on issue five or volume five rather of Island. And it's image puts it out monthly and it's kind of a collection of just a lot of cool stuff, a lot of different comics some are new some are like old out of issue stuff that you haven't heard of um you know something even like the the inside cover is is tells a story of some kind it's just a really cool collection of stuff that hasn't been around for a while and in volume three of island they put out this uh, this series called ancestor which uh part one came out and i was sucked i mean that sucked me into everything that everything that island is doing Part two finally came out in the newest uh, newest volume, volume five of Island, and it's it is just as interesting and bonkers. And it, I I don't even know I don't even, I, I don't want to spoil any aspect of it because it's so it is so bonkers and it's it it reminds me a lot of if you liked Kingsman when it came out, not the <laughs> not the comic, the movie Kingsman when it came out. It reminds me a lot of that, and that you're just like oh my god, like it just sort of it it kind of you kind of think you know where it's going and it kind of fits that expectation, but then it just goes in a completely different way. And it's, and you just don't know what the hell, like where, where are they taking this? Like, Oh my God. But at the same time, it still sucks you in um, to the story. It loosely, if I can, if I can give you a hint, it's about sort of a, a future where the natural evolution of you know mobile devices uh, is taken to its, its conclusion where instead of holding a device, you're just at all times surrounded by these kind of digital organisms that sort of float around your head and provide you, you're basically tapped in at all times to the, the internet. Um, but it's like a really sophisticated internet where it's, you know, you go to a date with somebody and as soon as you walk in, like these little organisms are like showing you who that person is and all their likes and dislikes and their history and everything's just beamed into your head. So you know that when you sit down, or even if you walk into a store to buy a sofa, you know, like everything, everything you need to know is right there. So everybody sort of has grown used to having all this knowledge at all times. And you, and everybody you see also has these little organisms like swimming around their heads. So it's like, you're constantly seeing the visual representation of this information around everybody. 
Well, what happens if you're taken to a, a, a house where this, you know, this billionaire is throwing this party and he has suppressed the, put up a suppression field. So you're no longer, you don't have access to this information anymore. You, you're, you're basically naked now and you have to sort of be at this party, but all of a sudden you find out this, this billionaire is completely out of his mind and all this crazy shit is happening. And where's this going? And it's like a commentary on, you know, the lives we live now, but it's a, it's sort of a weird, not dystopia. Cause it's not that, but it's like, it's like, what if this power is taken too far? Uh, it's crazy. And then there's like, just like Kingsman, there are these weird twists where you're like, what, what the hell? Like it's, I, I, oh God, it's so good. I can't wait for it to be put out in a collection of some kind. Um, they've, they've mentioned, you know, hopefully trying to find a, an avenue for that in the future, but until then go grab the Island either digitally or, or I'd recommend just the physical version. Cause it's the physical object is so, you know, so neat to have. Um, and just start keeping track of Ancestor. I don't know when issues or volume three is coming. It seems to be a couple months in between. So probably maybe March or April, but I, I can't wait. Yeah. And like you'd mentioned before, um, Island doesn't necessarily keep every story running in each volume of Island. Yeah, so it might great, be that the follow-up to this is not in the next issue of Island, but in yeah. an issue that comes out six months from now or something. So, Well, so, it just depends. Sometimes they do carry on the next right. issue. Sometimes they don't. So you just got to keep aware. And it just, it, uh, the Island sort of curators have done a really great job of mixing it up every time and, you know, giving the people that contribute, you know, time to really develop their stories. So like, I, you know, part of me is kind of, I'm kind of glad this, you know, isn't shoehorned into the, it needs to come out each month because if these guys are, you know, if this is, if this is what we're going to get. Um, and this is, you know, they've only done two, you know, two uh, volumes so far. And it's, it's a four volume arc. Um, so we do know that. So oh, I, I that's cool. can't wait to see, oh God, I can't wait to see where, where part, I shouldn't say volume part four or part three. Um, and it, it's packing so much story into just a little, you know, what would be a kind of a, an oversized single issue of just like, Oh God, it's so good. Cool. Well, I'll say um, I've picked up issue one or book one of DK three, the dark Knight really? three, which is called the master race. Um, I'm so curious about this. I don't, uh, I mean, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, it'll it's going to be hard to judge until the series is kind of wrapped up and you know, and you know, and, and more of it is revealed because the, the, um, Dark Knight Returns I read, you know, in trade, um, Dark Knight Strikes Again, I totally avoided because of the art. Ah, uh, so you don't have and, that sting kind of right. Like, okay. I did, as we've mentioned before, I did pick up uh, Holy Terror, which is an awful, it was a, uh, Miller was writing a Batman story called Batman, Holy Terror, Batman. Um, <laughs> and he, uh, scrapped it and turned it into this jingoistic rant against you know foreigners and um, and it's uh, it's a really terrible thing that nobody should should have to read um, and so you know it, it, I kind of was I was just sort of reserved um, uh, but I was buying a couple of trades and I saw this and thought okay I'll pick it up and the art does such a great job of it's not by I mean I guess it's um, actually it's not even credited to him uh, so Andy Andy Kubert did the pencils. Okay. And it's the Dark Knight style, but really well. Like if it had just been Frank Miller, I would have been cool with the art. But I yeah. didn't want that hodgepodge of Dark Knight Strikes Again, you know. And does it have? A, does it have? A, when I glanced at it, it seems to have a really like. It's almost too glossy and digitally. Yeah, that it's definitely like trying to get the Frank Miller style into the modern 
style of comics, mm-hmm. but um, that was good enough for me. Like I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Um, and there's, you know, there's <clears throat> this first book does just kind of, you know, sows the seeds of the mystery that's going on. Um, so I can't really give a lot away, but um, you know, I definitely like the portrayal of Batman uh, and Wonder Woman and Supergirl makes an appearance. Um, and it's just, you know, like it's a, it's, they're doing a really interesting way of, of reintroducing you to the Frank Miller version of the DC universe, uh, which, you know, that's, that's awesome. That's great. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, yeah, I, I just, I really enjoyed it. Nice. Interesting. So how many, is it a three part arc? Oh, or do we, oh man. Do I don't even know. That's a really good question. Um, I sh- I certainly hope that it is like a, a, a reasonable number of issues and that I don't have to keep this going for months and months. It's weird. I was in the shop today and I noticed in the, I don't know if last episode or or at one point I mentioned, um, I really, I finally, finally in the dark Knight noir treatment, sorry, dark Knight returns noir really finally have a, have a version of that story that I can really sink my teeth into just because the, the lack of color I think helps that story, but they're doing that same treatment. There was actually a, I don't know if it was a one shot or what, but there was a, Dark Knight 3 Noir on the shelf, oh, like wow. hardcover. And I was like, really? I, it was just strange that this soon, when it's not even complete yet, they would try to do that. So I'm, I'm That's gonna... really cool. And I can actually see um, uh, a Dark Knight Strikes again working better in black and white, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I really encourage you. If you, did, if you missed that episode, um, if you have been struggling to accept – Actually, that's not the right word. If you've been struggling to really just get into the story, like the comic of The Dark Knight Returns, like the animated series that, or the animated movie that it is, it's superb. Right. But if you, if you can't quite get your head wrapped around the, the, the graphic novel, go pick up the new art. It's black and white. And I honestly think that treatment works better for that story. It's, you know, some people think it's a little hokey. They're like, oh, it's just like, you know, he didn't, it, it's, it's trying to make something Sin City that wasn't meant to be that way. I disagree. I think it, I think that is the format that serves it best. So give it a give it a whirl um something else that i've really gotten into and this is on the back of every issue of postal is another series called the tithe which i haven't and and i admittedly have not gone through the whole thing yet because there's a lot of issues and i just didn't have time to to go through all the way but it's about kind of a a group of robin hood vigilantes that that rob um mega churches and so the first the first issue is and actually, the first issue is on the back of the first, you know, of a bunch of postal issues. You can grab it, you get it, kind of a two for one, um, or at least the first part of issue one. So these guys, these these mass kind of vigilantes, going to a mega church, which has just collected a bunch of donations, um, rob it, and then set off a small sort of incendiary device. But then it's, it's kind of it follows those people. It follows the FBI um, task force meant to kind of you know follow them. Mm. And there's a lot of commentary about. Um, you know, what is right and wrong and, and, you know, how does religion really, you know, is religion really serving the people it's meant to serve? So I don't know it's, it's kind of, it's got a lot of the same artwork as I, I think some of the same people involved with Postal did it too. So if you like Postal and kind of want another, something else in that flavor, I would recommend the tithe as well. Interesting. Um, I'll hit, uh, well, I'll hit another image title, <laughs> which is uh, Paper Girls number one. Which oh, good. I, I heard so much stuff about. Yeah, it was one of those great things of like, I, I, I didn't flip through it, barely. I did not flip through it at all enough to get any story when I was in the 
uh, shop. I just picked it up just on the reputation. Um, and it's Brian K. Vaughn. And, uh, I don't know these artists. Um, um, but, uh, you know, it's a totally unexpected story that starts out with the paper girls who are newspaper delivery girls in, uh, the eighties. Okay. And it just becomes very weird. And it's, so it's a cool, um, uh, it just feels like one of those eighties movies like Goonies or, um, so well, I mean that, that makes it, that sort of frames it in a, in a goofy context and it, it does not feel goofy. No, no, it does, but no, it's, but, you know, it's lost boys. It's yeah, goonies, yeah, yeah. like that kind of feel of, um, it, you know, it's, it's just interesting. So, cause I've uh, kept my eye on that one. It looks, it, the art really is intriguing to me, but I just didn't know. I didn't have the time to really suss out what the story is, but if that's sort of your reference point, I'm, intrigued. I, I it's one it's one of those things too. Um, even though this podcast will come out after this happens, I'm just informing you, Taylor, that <laughs> for the 99 cent digital edition on Image, totally like just dip into it and figure out if you like it or not. Because images having images having we are recording this on the last day of an Image <laughs> 99 cent digital sale. So um, yeah, you I mean it's like it's kind of like that thing of like if it, if you haven't been hooked by the middle of the book then it's probably not going to work for you but I, there's a you know there's definitely like a hook in there so nice that's nice. cool yeah um let's see and this might also be a, a 99 cent uh special it's um going back and strange we should have segued at the time when i mentioned the western mashup there is a a new series just started on image called blackjack ketchup Okay. That is a Western space. It almost feels like what Cowboys and Aliens should have been. Um, but it's about kind of a – God, how do I even describe it? It's about this cowboy who goes – he can basically jump dimensions. So he has the ability to kind of like um, – Well, now that sounds a lot like black science. Yeah. Yeah. There are some similarities there. But he he kind of goes through – and it's kind of an idea I've sort of been toying around with, with another series that he – that comes off really well he can go through like just regular doorways and for, it's kind of hard to explain the, the logic of how it works but he's being chased by these sort of um you know essentially what what's the what are the the black riders from lord of the rings kind of like <laughs> those kinds of characters <laughs> the ring race <laughs> yeah he's kind of being chased by ring race and it's it's there's a lot of kind of mystery in that first issue and there's only been one issue so far but they've got a series planned and he's able to like go into a different version of this of that reality Unlike black science, though, the reality is basically the same thing. It's just, you know, so like the building is there, there, but there might be like a, a crucial detail. So it's not like a whole different, you know, yeah. alternative world. It's basically the same world, but it's like there's different, um, different sort of circumstances. So pe- it may be night or there may be people missing. Um, and he's accompanied by this, um, I think it's like a native kid who's a mute. So it's, I don't know, it's just, for me, it kind of looks like, there's a little bit of, um, of of like Moebius kind of um, like Gir- like Giro sort of style and the art that I really liked. Um, the the guy who the guy who is Blackjack Ketchum looks exactly like the the guy who is the bad in the Good and the Bad and the Ugly. Um, <laughs> that actor I can't remember his name, but he's I mean if he wasn't drawn to match that guy, I'll be incredibly surprised. Um, but the the mustache, the the complexion, the eyes. So that really sucked me in. I'm like, because I love that's one of my favorite movies of all time. So if you're a Western fan and you want like a solid sort of mashup that's not too wacky, um, definitely check it out. Black Jack Ketchum on Image. 
Awesome. Well, I'll mention another image, of course, uh, that we have both read, which is uh, issue number one of Huck. Yes. Um, which was – how did you pick it up? I saw it just – I think Image, their blog or io9 just did kind of a little like – before it came out, it's frustrating, but they do these like interviews with the creators like, hey, this is a series and it's not out yet, but here's what it's about. And I was kind of intrigued. I was like, oh, this looks really cool. And the art, the art just looked gorgeous to me. And it's a Mark Millar story, and I'm yeah. always intrigued by Mark Millar. I have this – this weird thing where I really love his concepts, but then I think the films based on his concepts are executed better. So I don't know. I just oh, interesting. not to say that, you know, cause the Kingsman movie is by far better than the secret service comic. I think likewise, I, I, I seem to like kick ass better in the movie format, but that's just me. Um, and that might just be because Matthew Vaughn gets it. And, cause he's done both of those things, but I don't knowing Mark Millar was involved. I was intrigued. So I was, I definitely ran for it. Yeah, that's uh, I. I just you know I had a had a friendly neighborhood comic shop guy say, "Hey, you might want to check out Huck." Nice. Um, I had been asking about um, some other image titles, and he was like, "Yeah, check this out." New from Mark Millar, and um, I'm not really intrigued by him. I definitely feel the same way about you. Like I'm all I appreciate his premises, and then I'm like, you know, I don't know if that worked for me. Um, but he's not a name where I'm like, and automatically like I got to buy it. Yeah. Um, and only as you were saying that, and I, I went, oh, yeah, did the, the art was gorgeous, and it's by Raphael Albuquerque, whose art I've run into in other places and thought, God, that's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny that my brain wasn't attuned to to him. Um, but it was like Paper Girls. Like, I, I didn't flip through it. I, you know, I flipped into it enough to go, the art works for me, and then I just took it home to read it. And uh, it is um, – there's a really cool uh, – premise to it which is like basically this one guy in this small town who has superpowers um but no one outside of the town does it's sort of like an open secret he doesn't have a secret identity or anything like that and that's such a interesting concept like right there it's like oh fertile you know like just just uh what is it just like open field of whatever you want to do you know it's green field whatever you want to plant in this thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you can do and you know, and again, I, I don't want to say too much to spoil it, but it, um, like Paper Girls, like there's a twist right in the middle of it, and you go, "Holy shit!" Like that's that's where they took it, you know? Um, which is, I don't know. That's sometimes that can work for a book, uh, and and sometimes it can really fail. And and I guess for me, I, I was hooked enough that I thought, you know, I'll, I'll see where this goes. So nice, nice. It was very cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, what was your takeaway on it? It's interesting because I have been reading another series called Savior. Um, all summer long, which is on, I think, issue six, the trade's coming, I think, January 13th, um, which I can't wait for. Unlike Postal, this Savior is one of those things I've been craving the trade to come out because I think I feel like that needs to be one continuous big story. Same concept, though. A man is oh, discovered in a small farming town who has abilities. He has, at first, he has amnesia about it, um, but there's, you know, everybody's curious about who this person is and what his abilities are. And there's, you know, the same kind of like fear and, and sort of, you know, people love him. People are scared of him. People think that, you know, there's, and, and it's not that, it's not that overt and Huck just yet. Uh, but I'm, it's interesting to kind of juxtapose those two series together because yeah. you on one hand have, and the art is very, very different, but I love both yeah. art equally. I mean, that's, I absolutely love the, sort of the uniqueness of both, but it's interesting to see both of those kind of stories play out in different ways. You know, a lot has been said about Huck being kind of like a force, you know, Forrest Gump like character with, yeah, 
course. So I love that that take on you know somebody like that. I, I strangely enough, both Savior and this I could see as movies or TV shows very yeah. easily. Oh yeah, very easily. And I kind of there's sort of an Iron Giant like feel at least so far to Hawk that I kind of like. Hmm. Um, no, I mean, granted, it's only two issues in, so who knows where we're, where we're taking it. But I don't know, just the way it's the way it's developing. It's just cool to kind of have both of those, and I, I just I like where it's going. I love the art, so I'm, I would love to. It, it'll be one of those that I probably buy digitally and then just grab the trade paperback in print when it comes out. Yeah, yeah. Cool. By the way, uh, Postal issue one is available on the ninety nine cent st- sale. Um, a bunch of other stuff. That I've long had an eye on. I'm looking at like, going, ooh, I should pick that up. I should pick that up. It's going to be great when anyone listens to this podcast and they're like, when did this end? Oh. Well, if you're listening to this ago. and it's like April, <laughs> Image does this throughout the year. So just keep an yeah, eye on it. At point. least a couple times during the year. Like during Comic-Con, they do it. Um, you know, so it's not like a one, one and done kind of thing. Anytime I've gone and spent $30 on trade paperbacks, that's when I find out, well, there was a 99 cent <laughs> sale yeah. on an individual. But it's cool to just buy those single issues and see if you're going to get into the title. Yeah, like, absolutely. That, to me, is what's super important about it. I wish, you know, Image used to do, like, like the nine ninety nine, like, five, like, here are five single issues of series. Yeah. As, like, a tester. I don't know why they don't do that more. Like, yeah. I would... Because I bought a couple of those and actually got into a lot of series. I mean, I got into Manifest Destiny that way. Um, so I'm not, it's, it's just surprising they don't. Um, ooh, Southern Cross is on there too. Definitely check that out. A lot of good stuff on here. I will say, I'm going to skip uh, Citizen Jack. We'll talk about that another time. Cause I, okay. Uh, well, yeah, let's. That. let's but I want to. Yeah, do I'll, your single shots and I got, and then I'll do mine as single shots. And, yeah. So, but uh, if you well, listen to this podcast at all, you know how we basically only talk about image mostly. Yeah. Uh, at least I do. Um, and strangely enough, the, my last two are not Image Comics. They're actually yeah. DC releases. If you like Grant Morrison, he actually earlier this year published this big sprawling thing called the Multiversity, which is supposed to take all of the 52 you know, Earths and, and just sort of dimensions of the DC universe and put them together in a way and give you sort of you know one-off stories and in, in some of the ones that you haven't learned about and there's a big huge hardcover thing called the multiversity that's out that sort of you know i would recommend if you're really into that otherwise they sell the one-off one shots too so you know different you know different one-offs in the multiversity are out and two that really sort of struck my my interest were uh one's called pax americana not to be confused with the image series pax romana pax (laughs) americana and then masterman um and Pax Americana really intrigued me because it's the Charlton Comics or Charlton Comics characters, which the Watchmen were based upon, done Weird. in a Watchmen-like way. Okay. So the way the, the panels are set up and the way it plays with time and the story mechanics of Watchmen are applied to the Charlton characters. So it's almost like what would have happened – I don't know if you know the history of, of Watchmen. Originally, they had tasked Alan Moore and – uh, uh, and is it Dave Gibbons? Yeah. With doing, basically doing a new set of stories with the Charlton characters, they didn't necessarily want to do those characters. They want, but they, but they, everybody in Watchmen is based on a Charlton character. So it's cool to see what would have been had they gone ahead and actually done, you know, a story in the vein of you know with the actual Charlton characters. Yeah. So it's cool. You get to see, and you get to see kind of how their counterparts, how their Watchmen counterparts behave but what you know where the differences actually are 
Um, so it's really, I mean, it's really cool. If you're a fan of the Watchmen in any way, shape, or form, I definitely recommend it. I got that. I picked up the Kindle version of that. And then the Mastermen is what would have happened. And I forget which version, you know, which Earth number this is. Right. Um, you know, but it's what would have happened if Superman had landed in Nazi Germany instead and had been raised with Nazi, you know, as a Nazi, essentially. And the Justice League is a Nazi Justice League. So, you know, they, it, it's, it's, it's frustrating because that one, I want more. I want a whole series of this. Wow. And it's just a one-off shot. And in fact, I had to like go, you know, kind of Google for uh, you know, 20, 30 minutes, making sure that there weren't any other uh, volumes yet or issues. Right. And it was just a one-off. Um, so I was kind of like, oh, no, I want to see where this keeps going because it, it sort of – it kind of ends on a cliffhanger, but it's just – it's so intriguing to see how these characters would have behaved under these circumstances. Um, so definitely Pax Americana and Masterman. If you just love Grant Morrison or just want to bite the bullet and buy the entire multiversity, you can probably get it for a, a deal or a steal on Amazon and just grab the hardcover if you're going to do that. But, uh, the one off the one shots are, are single issues on Amazon as well. Cool. Well, I'll do my single shots were all, all Marvel related, Ooh. which was the, uh, Marvel has, uh, rebooted or not really rebooted, but relaunched everything as the all new, all different Marvel. Um, and I had really been enjoying Thor, the goddess of thunder where, um, Jane, what's her name? Uh, is, is found worthy <laughs> yeah, of, uh, of carrying the hammer. And I'd, I'd read the first two trade paperbacks. I didn't know where it went after that. Um, but as in this relaunch, they, they, she is just the mighty Thor. Um, and I'm still enjoying it. Same team. I love this artwork. Um, I, you know, I, I love the direction it's taken. Marvel always takes like these, you know, they have their own sort of Norse gods universe. It's, you know, it's not, not really, uh, strictly you know following the actual norse myths and um so it's just you know it's kind of cool to watch them play around in that and so mm-hmm. under those guidelines why not have jane foster pick up the hammer like it's mm-hmm. it's pretty cool um it is a little dark because she's dealing with cancer and there's some she has uh, cancer yeah and so there's oh, some wow. there's some rules to the universe that we weren't really aware of during at least in those first two volumes of goddess of thunder that mm-hmm. are established in this which are you know, if she gets chemo and she turns into Thor, it cleans her blood out of all the chemo. So when she oh, turns wow. back into Jane Foster, it's like she never got the chemo and she has to go through all the pain again. And it's, oh, it's I mean, it's pretty cool. dark and pretty, pretty brutal. I mean, there's a couple of scenes where it was like oh, literally God. hard to read. Um, I may have, you may have just sold me on this series. Oh my and God. It's, you know, there are two issues into this and it's, so it's, you you know you don't need to have read i like what i liked so much about goddess of thunder was it didn't start in this place um it's you know it starts in the middle of uh you know a battle and a mystery of like who took this hammer and why can't thor odinson pick it up um and as so as this series starts it's like all you really need to you it's already been revealed that jane foster we've talked about that spoiler before so it's like if you pick it up you're not going to care about that mystery of who is holding the, the hammer. You're just going to know it's Jane Foster. She's got cancer. And, and these also start off with, we don't know where Odinson is. Whereas the trade paperbacks, or at least those first two volumes, the, those arcs were kind of this mystery of, you know, what is Odinson going to do about this? And where has he gone off to? Mm-hmm. Or, um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm really liking it. Uh, I also picked up for whatever weird <laughs> impulse. I picked up the totally awesome Hulk. Number one, which is mm. a reboot, a reimagining of the Hulk. 
Um, and he's totally awesome this time. He's totally awesome this time. It's a young, a young Asian man named Whoa. Amadeus Cho, and uh, oh my God, and it is uh, actually really readable. And the, I hate the Hulk, and <laughs> the reason <laughs> oh. the reason it's so uh, interesting to me is it jumps in and it is a monster story. Like as this episode and i i hope this is not in any way a spoiler but as this issue unfolds you discuss you don't really know how he's gotten the you know the hulk formula down to where he can kind of control it but you realize that a this team of him and his sister are going they have discovered that these giant monsters are appearing all over earth and mm-hmm. they are going to find them he turns into the hulk uh and battles them and it's like Oh my God, like just the Hulk just travels around battling monsters. Sign me up, you know? That's pretty badass. Now, does, do they acknowledge Bruce Banner? Or is it like a yes. world where that never happened? No, no, no. It's, it's definitely like a continuation of, you know, like the, the kid is, is pretty, uh, you know, cocky and Banner couldn't get this right and I've solved it. And, you know, I'm a teenage genius. And so there's oh, definitely okay. some conflict in there that's, you know, it's, there's some hubris and some, uh, you know, some, mystery that's you know gonna gonna come to a head later on um but i I was i was really shocked at it you know so um i you know there were several of these uh the of the relaunch marvel titles last week uh, that where i was looking at and i was just kind of like i it's hard to jump into a relaunch with issue two or three you know um and i was lucky enough that my comic book shop had one and two of thor so I jumped right into that and then got number one of the Hulk. But there's several others that I'm watching, like I, the, definitely the Captain Marvel um, and this the uh, I guess the launch or relaunch or whatever it's going to be called of A Force, which is this all female Avengers force. Um, and, oh yeah, uh, I heard about that. And and uh, you know I'm interested in the female Wolverine. Um, there's a but, female Wolverine. What? <laughs> Where have you been, man? Is she like Logan's daughter or what is this? I don't actually know. I kind of thought it was just X twenty three, but um, I I'm really unsure of who it is. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah. Apparently, I've just googled it. I think it really is going to be X twenty three that's taken over the Wolverine. Role. Okay. Um, you know who is already kind of an adamantium, like yeah, you know, altered person. Uh, so yeah. Uh, uh, you know, there's several of these titles that I'm I'm always interested when, um, uh, you know, just over the past few years, I've really grown to dislike the concept of Batman number 700. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do wish Marvel, especially more than more so than DC, because DC does a great way of like when they have an arc of like you know, you kind of know when it begins and ends, and I don't know if that's just the the, they've done a good graphic way of indicating it, you know, like I, when you buy a, uh, and it's not always true, but you can buy like, you know, the court of owls trade paperback. I think, oh, okay. you know what I mean? But like with yeah, Marvel, yeah. it'll just say four volume four. And you're oh, like, really? From oh. which run? Like you've done this so many times. And <laughs> yeah, I really yeah. wish they would solve that problem. And I wish they it's would. It's weird that they wouldn't. I mean, they have the template. They've seen it work in DC. You think they would. It would just well, well, just not that it, it totally works in DC, but you know, because there is like a Catwoman Volume Six that I want to pick up, which is a specifically different you know arc than the others. So I'm almost like it used to be that I loved the Marvel idea of like we're going to put out these paperbacks that are every single issue from this date to this date, and mm-hmm. D- whereas DC was doing like this is the arc, and if one issue within that 
series doesn't conform to that arc, we're taking it out of the trade. Um, mm-hmm. But now I flip flopped, and I would much rather just have the arcs. Like yeah, just, just give me the arc, even especially when it crosses over titles. Don't make me shop around for like the one Avengers yeah. issue that ties in or whatever. Like just give me the arc, and uh, skip. You know, so that's that's a, a tiny rant, but. Um, yeah, these two titles looked awesome, and uh, I'm looking out for Captain Marvel whenever that appears. So, awesome. Yeah. Well, do you? Cool. Have, is that a wrap up? Did we hit everything? I th- I think so. I mean, I could go on with a couple other things, but I'll I'll save those for another another episode for yeah. today because I there's some other series out there that I'm I'm getting into, but I want I want a couple more issues to come out before I get uh, get too excited about them. Well, in the new year, which it already is, but it, you know, in the future new year, we will we'll kick off season two, and we'll we'll have to do some thoughts on that because I know we have some we have some comic book stuff and comic book shop ideas that are sort of kicking yeah. around, and so maybe that's a good podcast to like introduce that idea and sort of hit some yeah. comics and and talk about the good point you know um uh you know i don't know we got we could talk about comics all day sure well i've been sitting here while while you've been talking i've been going through my my, uh my picks from images uh 99 cent sale so i just now have six new things (laughs) well well as soon as we're done um among them let me just give you a quick i got dark these are things that i've sort of seen um but we're just sort of you know, kind of. I haven't really even looked through them, but if they're a buck a piece, I mean, come on. Yeah. Like Dark, Dark Corridor, Descender, Drifter. I threw Paper Girls in there. Rocket Girl, which I've seen before, and then this other thing called Shutter, which I've seen before as well. And I'm like, what is that? So I'm gonna delve into those later this evening and awesome. See if it break my fancy. Well, I mean, maybe that's our next podcast right there. Is this is what we picked up at the 99 cent sale? Yeah, man, they got you got to get in on that stuff. I am fine. I Ever since, and here's my thing, like I, I've kind of come to the point where unless it's something like material where like the cover is so – like the individual issue covers are so cool and interesting and well-designed, um, I'll grab the single print issue and bag and board it and keep it that way. But that's yeah. rare. I'm finding that's rarer and rarer. Um, and I'm much more interested in grabbing – like I'll grab single shots digitally and then just get the trade paperback physically when it comes out. Right. Interesting. Um, in most cases, obviously, postal, like I said, is kind of a, an exception to the rule. But I'm finding that more and more. That's kind of my I my thing. Because I that's a okay. great. I would totally be on board with that if it were a dollar or two. But when the yeah. digital edition is four dollars and the print edition is four dollars, not like, always. Uh, Sometimes the digital is like two ninety nine and the print's like yeah. four ninety nine. So like you know, I just I'm finding like I if I were to grab and print all the single stuff I grab digitally, I wouldn't have room on my shelf. Right, kind of like in that mode too, where I'm like, well, do I really want to take up space with another print thing? Um, And you know, like I, a lot of my comics that aren't image, I grab off of Amazon. You know, I grab like the you know the Injustice Gods Among Us stuff. I grab as the Kindle versions. I've never bought a physical. Um, The Masters of the Universe stuff I grab digitally. So I'm kind of like in that space anyway. And it's the image stuff was actually the exception to the rule. Now I'm kind of like, well. You know, like Southern Cross, I don't need to own every Southern Cross. I just want the trade when it comes out, like mid-January. So right. So we'll see. I mean, cool. I, I did the same thing for No Mercy. Like I ended, I ended up um, selling off my single issues of No Mercy because I have the the trade, which is I mean, that's just that's fine. <laughs> that's that's all you need for that. So right. Anywho, I see that puts a, a pin in it, man. We should wrap yeah. it up there. I don't know how long this thing is. It, we may have to. Yeah, we, this may be a two-parter or a three-parter. Or if we do split it, let's just take the. Um, the comic review stuff and make that its own issue. And like, that'll be like our, our comic compendium. Sure. You know? Um, 
and like we'll call it like the super size year end spectacular. Awesome. So, anywho, man, I I think that I think that's all we need to say. So. Cool. All all I got to say after that is. Man, that was not the sound effect I was expecting either. Uh, anyway, that works though. That's well, that leaves cool. us, it puts an ominous, uh, ominous sort of like, ooh, what will happen? Yeah, I've been Todd A. You have been Taylor Trask. That's right. Find us at toddandtaylor.com. Yeah. Or on Twitter, I am at Hey Todd A. And you are at. I'm at Taylor Trask. T A Y L O R T R A S K. I was Don't so tempted see. to say. I know. I know. <laughs> Don't do it. I didn't. Okay. All right. Well, uh, however many episodes this becomes, that will be uh, what you've just listened to. And uh, we will please, you know, check us out online. And we've got tons of other podcasts up now. And yeah, uh, we will, you know, have something up shortly after this. That's right. Well, we hope you guys have a great had a great 2015 and have a great 2016. And we'll we'll catch you soon. All right.